Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we begin the third book of the five books of Moses, the book of Vaikra, which deals mostly with the sacrifices, animal sacrifices, in the, in the times of the sanctuary and later on in the times of the two holy temples. At the beginning of this Sidra of Vaikra, the Torah says, if any man brings an offering of you to the Lord, we would first assume that of you refers to any man. Like if any man of you brings an offering. But the order of the words in the Torah rules this out. It's, it's telling us something very different. The, the Torah doesn't play with words. When it says something, it's direct and, in, and the meaning is what it is. So here it says, if any man brings an offering of you to the Lord, of you. So what it's trying to convey to us, this uh, verse, is that really it's implying that the sacrifice might, has to be of yourself. So when Hashem commanded the Jewish people to build him a sanctuary in the desert, he said also the wording is, and they shall make me a sanctuary and I will dwell in them. He didn't say, make me a sanctuary so I can dwell in, in, in it. He says, so I can dwell in them. So the true meaning of what it's telling us, this uh, verse, this pasuk, is that every Jew is a sanctuary, that every person on its own is a, is a temple, is a walking temple. And Hashem wants us to live in a holy manner so he can dwell inside of us. So let's go a little further so we can understand these concepts. So there is an inward art act of sacrifice in the life of every Jew that mirrors the actual sacrifice that is took place in the sanctuary. Everything that is down here is a, a reflection of everything that is in the higher realms. The word korban, which is the Hebrew word that we use when we're referring to sacrifices, really doesn't have um, uh, a translation in English. It's not, it really doesn't mean to sacrifice. That's not the real translation. But the word korban, which is wrongly translated, comes from the root word of karov, which means to approach, to draw near, to, to, to come into a close relationship with somebody. So when we're talking about a korban, a sacrifice, in reality, what is happening is that when a person brought, used to bring a sacrifice in the holy temple or in the sanctuary, what he was really doing was that he was drawing near to God. He was approaching Hashem. He wanted to make amends with Him. The one who brings the korban desires that something of, of himself should come closer in the relationship with God. So indeed, when someone wants to draw close to God, he must make a sacrifice to God of his very self as of you. So the verse continues. You shall bring your offering from the cattle and the herd and the flock. Vaikra in 1-2. So there are two sacrifices in the, in the sanctuary of the soul. The first is of you, and the second sacrifice is from the cattle. So of you really means of yourself, of your godly soul. And when it alludes to the cattle, to the, the herd, the cattle, the flock, it's really talking about our animal souls. So as I have said before, we all have two neshamas, two souls, two forces inside of us. We have a godly soul and we have an animalistic soul. 
The godly soul is really mamesh, a piece of God inside of us. That's what it is. It's, an, it's part of Hashem's essence. It's a little spark of God inside of us. It doesn't mean that we're Hashem. We're not Hashem. But a little part of Him is with us. The animal soul, on the other hand, is animalistic, is instinctive, is egocentric. It's only thinking about pleasure, desires in the material realm. And it's always running away from pain. So this, when it's talking about from the cattle, it's alluding to the animal soul. And we are comprised of this duality, which drives us crazy as Jews. And if we don't believe it, like look at all the psychologists that brought all these new ideas, like Freud, and it was because there was this duality. So all these new uh, therapies and treatments really come from, stem from this place. So we are comprised of duality and we have a part of ourselves that is godly, which only wants godly things, only wants to serve God, only wants to eat kosher, only wants to keep Shabbat, only wants to dress niyut. This godly part of us doesn't want to be bothered with the material world. It's happy and content as it is. It's pure and perfect. It has never sinned. But the problem is that the animal soul is, is a partner with the godly soul. So wherever the animal soul, he drags the godly soul with him. So we see that we do possess this animalistic nature. And uh, since the animal in us is part of the natural world and it's not our essence, it's not who we really are, it's just there to give us merit in this world so we can rise above ourselves and we can really go with Hashem. This is what allows us to have free will. If we didn't have this other counterpart, we would not be uh, people that were free to choose. We would be like uh, robots in this world. In reality, it's precisely this part of us that is that second offering and the ultimate sacrifice. So when we sacrifice our animal, the animal inside of us, that's when we draw close to God. That's when we can come really close to Him. That's a korban. So this is why the wording of this particular verse is so insightful. The offering of you is described as being made to the Lord, but in the next verse, it says that the offering of the cattle, the herd, and the flock shall be before the Lord, meaning that it will reach a higher level than that of God, of the godly soul. When the animal in a man is harnessed in the service of Hashem, and it's, um, it's used to do what Hashem wants us to do in this world, then it, we will come closer to God than ever before. With the godly soul alone, we could never reach this state. It is through our animal soul that we can come to this very, very close place with God. And to explain this human, in human terms, to, so you can understand it a little better, imagine that you love someone very much, and you have a bad habit of uh, always interrupting them when they're talking, and this drives them nuts. This is a part of your character trait. This is, you always have something to say. You have so always something to, to add to the conversation. But this particular person really gets very annoyed with this situation. When he talks, he really wants you to sit and listen to him. So whenever he's trying to convey something and you're trying to put your ideas into what he's saying, it really drives him nuts. 
So in, in this relationship, a person to be able to draw close to this other person, if he loves him very much, he has to make a very big effort and really sacrifice that animalistic nature in him because it comes from the ego. It comes from wanting to be heard. It comes from wanting to be acknowledged. It comes from uh, maybe uh, low self-esteem, whatever the reason is. But this person, in order to be able to attach himself to the person he loves, needs to really work on this midot, in this character trait, and make sure that when, we, when he's with this person, he's gonna shut his mouth, he's gonna make every effort in the world to sit down and not say anything for till the person is done, and really sit down and listen to this person. And this, by you abstaining and controlling this natural tendency of yours, you are not only showing your love to that person or to the other, but it connects you in a very high level. Because the other person sees that you are giving of yourself in order to be able to show your love to, the, to him. So this is the same with the sacrifices in, that were used to be done in the temple, in the times of the tabernacle. Today we don't have sacrifices, today we pray. This is the avodah, this is what replaced these, these sacrifices, is the, the avodah of prayer. And when we pray, we really are giving of our animal, we're really shutting it off, and we're giving ourselves to Hashem. So when the animal was going to be sacrificed in the altar, it had to be checked for no blemishes. This animal could have not one little blemish, it had to be perfect. If it had one blemish, it was not fit to be sacrificed. So it is with us when we're trying to draw near to God, when we're trying to, to get closer to Hashem, one must be scrupulous and have a heshbon nefesh, a, a, an accounting of, a, of our soul. And we need to look deep, deep inside of us and be honest with ourselves in which midot, which character traits we need to refine. What is in us that is not allowing us to get close to God? And when a man begins this process of, of introspection and self-searching, he can be reminded of, very, of, of many other things that he used to do in his younger years, which, not, which he's not currently guilty at this time by committing them. But as it says, my sin is continuously before me in Psalms 51.5. This comes to show that rectification from these sins has not been affected because they are still part of our memory. So when things that we're trying to fix arouse other things that we used to do that were not right and they still are part of our memory, it means that they still need to be rectified. And this can be somewhat dangerous for a person that feels so bad about himself and his past deeds can give up in his search for getting closer to God. He can say, you know what, he can be so discouraged, he can say, you know what, I'm a lost case. I will never be able to come close to Hashem. I'm a lost case. So we have to be very careful with this and we have to understand that Hashem is always waiting for us with open arms. He just wants us to open that little hole, that needle hole, and he'll open the world for us. The only thing we have to do is really want to be close to him. And when we, are, we accept that this is what we want in our lives, to be close to Hashem, he'll give us every opportunity to be able to be close to him. This is why after one has set right the faults and blemishes of the past, the animal must be killed. The life must be taken from one's animalistic drives and desires and energy must be redirected. What it means is that the animal soul 
has the ten same faculties as the godly soul. So we have intellect, we have wisdom, we have understanding, we have knowledge, and then we have the seven emotional attributes, which is kindness, gevura, eh, eh, which is eh, eh, discipline. Then we have eh, mercy. Then we have eh, resilience. Then we have humbleness. And then we humility. Then we have bonding. And then we have malhut, which is kingship. And all of these emotions and intellectual faculties are also in the animal soul. So, for example, kindness. Kindness, really kind, good kindness means that you're gonna do for someone else what is good for them. But sometimes kindness can be. Eh, a little bit uh, soiled and when you're doing kindness to someone else maybe you're doing because you want to feel good so this is the animal soul every time that it's about you I I I I want to feel I I believe I that's your animal soul whenever every time you're thinking about another person what's good for them how can I help them what's about them then it's your godly soul talking so the body which personifies the physical acts remains but now it must be transformed its animalistic needs to godly needs which gives strength to the divine service as the Talmud says in the name of Ravah wine and odorous spices made me wise to this is to arrive to a stage in which in all your ways you know Hashem God doesn't want us to get rid of the material world he doesn't want us to go and live in a cave and not enjoy his beautiful world he wants us to enjoy his beautiful world he wants us to eat he wants us to dress he wants us to have nice homes but in what context do you have them are they to satisfy your animalistic needs and desires or are they there to serve God so this is the case of Shabbat for example in which we eat and we drink and we enjoy our and we have pleasure but the satisfaction that we derive from Shabbat really is to sanctify that very special day so when the body and the animal soul are thrown into the fire of the godly soul the fiery love of God its flames are flames of fire the flame of God and this is from Shiraz Shirim, transforms the animal force in us to a molten energy that is reshaped and emerged as a, as a love of God. We all have needs and desires. We can't get rid of that. It's an energy. It's an energy. It's always going to be there. The question is, what are you shaping it, these desires and this energy into? That's the question. And that's where we have the power. We have the power to really either go to one side or go to the next, to the other side. That's our choice. So in the Shema Israel that we say every day, we proclaim, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. The rabbis ask, what is it with all your heart and all your soul? What does this mean really? With all your heart and all your soul? How can you love God like that? And they answer, with your two inclinations. The, the heart is the part of the emotions, the seat of the emotions, and your soul is your intellect. And we should love Hashem with these two forces geared towards our godly neshama. So we must serve Hashem with both our animal soul and our godly soul. Uh, they're both needed in the, in the purpose of, of this world, merging the two in divine harmony so we can fulfill the purpose for which we were created, which is to draw close to Hashem. So this comes from attack based on Likotei Sihot of the Rebbe. And I wanna wish you a blessed week 
And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.